What's going on, guys? Michael here, 360 Digital Closing Bell Week Ahead Podcast here on this absolutely chilly Monday, October 27th, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Denver, Colorado. As always, as mentioned, I'm your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com, Stuart Turley. How's your weekend, man? Uh, it was absolutely beautiful. Got to work on my shop. Got to see my great uh, nephews. Got to see my son. Beautiful weekend. I am ready for work. Yeah, I am ready for work. I sat on my butt all weekend and watched sports. We had World Series sat, uh, Friday, Saturday, we uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We had football all day Sunday. I got to watch the Rays come back and win on Saturday. Woohoo! And then we had to unfortunately watch the Dodgers lose for all you baseball fans. Three to two. Unfortunately, game six will be played tomorrow. So. I'm not a Dodgers guy, and I'm mostly cheering against them and not really for the Rays. So um, if you guys are keeping track at home, um, not the biggest Dodgers guy out there. But we have a honestly, we have a, a great show for you lined up. There's honestly so much stuff to digest here. I'm not even sure where to begin. We'll obviously cover um, everything that happened with our two uh, um, EMP consolidation deals, mergers over the weekend, uh, Midcon Energy agreeing to sell itself to Contango Oil and Gas. Actually, just this morning that dropped um, at about you know here in about 30 minutes, we'll be able to sit in on that. Uh, um, management meeting um we also have synovus energy buying husky i've got some very interesting thoughts on that um called up a friend of mine maybe we get some information stew has got just some crazy amount of stuff with the international news but we're going to start the show covering the levels for oil and gas um and the outlook for the week but before we do that guys the show is brought to us by the world's greatest website oilandgas360.com the best place for all of your energy news energy finance news you know staying up there on where some of the you know just kind of the trends of what's going on the oil and gas issue i always talk about waves and how do you catch the wave of of changes from an investment standpoint so you're always profitable how do you catch the wave the business cycle wave so that you're always on the best business practice and always ahead of the curve um you can do that by just going to oilandgas360.com 47,000 times a day um i promise you um every time you go there you're going to learn something um you know, we, we check out the 360 news desk, which you can find on the homepage right there. It, it's it's a news desk that you can also find in the show notes. We cure. I specifically curate every single day to make sure that if you're in, if you're if you're in the upstream, if you're if you're an engineer, if you're an analyst, if you're anybody that just wants to know what's going on in the oil and gas business, specific to the U.S. and Canadian markets, guys, go to the news desk. We also throw international stuff in there because really what that is is what's moving markets. Markets are impacted by internationals. They're impacted by by U.S. consolidation news. All this stuff that we'll cover here, but check it out. Oil and gas 360.com Stu also has a podcast on that website called the energy 360 podcast where uh, he's interviewed a bunch of great thought leadership we've kind of went through a little uh first off we've just putting out a lot more cards we've gone through a little low but we have a wild week lined up for recordings don't we oh uh absolutely we have uh data gumbo today with their uh fantastic case study. love those guys oh we love data gumbo they are fabulous people uh, we also have the CEO, the brand new Paul, uh, CEO of Ring Energy tomorrow. And we also have some folks from uh, Microsoft on Friday. And I have about theoretically, theoretically. They have bounced in and out yet. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm not I'm not convinced that'll take place on Friday, but we'll see. I'm excited for this Ring Energy interview. Are you ready for that, Stu? That's all you, my man. That's oh, a one on one you got. Oh, absolutely. You got to put the tie on for this one. Oh, absolutely. And and use my uh, cabin in the mountains. 
background. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your veil, your veil estate. <laughs> hey, you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Anything else besides that? Do we have anything else coming up? Uh, yes, we have women in energy coming up. Uh, oh, yes, Susan this week. Yeah, then we have uh, visiting in, uh, with Heidi and our other Canadian brethren. And I have some fellows, uh, I mean, not just fellows as in fellows. I have some uh, really big industry leaders coming around. And soon as I get their commitment, I will uh, start broadcasting that. Yeah, so we'll, once we get them on the books, we'll let you guys know. Check that out. Energy 360 by Intercom, available on iTunes, Spotify, um, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I think it's enough of the clerical work. Um, I want to make sure I start the show covering levels. I know we you know, we kind of do that at the end, and to be honest, as Stu mentioned, people tune into the show for the levels, not my ramblings on just the events. You can hear that every day live on YouTube. Intercom, Oil and Gas 360. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Just Google Oil and Gas 360 on YouTube. Just Google it on YouTube. I just said that, yes. Um, but we'll start with the levels here. Overnight weakness. Um, I mean, we're currently trained 3886. If you, if you listen to our show on Friday when we recorded it, oil was probably 40 bucks right there. That's actually where the point of control was for that whole day. Um, was trading right there around the 40. But as Stu will talk about in the international news desk, here coming up libya finally turning on their el jefe i don't know if it's their el jefe field i don't think that's how it's pronounced because that's hispanic but i think it's like l it's like g it's like j e e f or something like that point is um that's another seventy thousand barrels that is that was supposed to come on on friday now came on basically right before the futures market opened this weekend <laughs> interesting um and it really sets their path towards a million barrels output which is you know again the demand, while it's coming back, I saw a quote this weekend um, from OPE, uh, from Saudi Arabia CEO who said, uh, or uh, Saudi Aramco CEO said, he sees oil demand having come back. Yeah, has it though? I mean, it has. It, it, it's it's a little bit. I mean, it's bounced back. We were never going to be as low as it was, but has it really? Ha, we we haven't added, and and we're still, you know, that's still a, a seven eight million barrel a day glut. So now if we're going to add another, you know, Libya's turned on about 500,000. If there's another 500,000 barrels from Libya coming back on the market, uh, I mean, it's, it's a weak market to begin with. And, and that 40, this $40 level that we're at is a precarious level because it's enough for companies to operate, but it's not enough to grow, which growing at, and we're worried about jobs at this point. Like when are these jobs coming back? Because the outlook doesn't look good. You know, we're going to cover the, the, the Synovus Husky merger. $1.2 in synergies. Well, that's all GNA. Like, the $600 million of that's GNA. That's jobs. That's a lot of jobs, unfortunately. So, we get much below 40 bucks. Companies not only won't have, probably have the ability to merge as often. I mean, I, I kind of swung and missed in my whole merger contract, which, which is fine. I'm glad this is happening. But my point is, we get much below, you know, more this this oil continues to come back on the market. We don't find a, 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 you know, OPEC doesn't control itself. We're at the point where this is going to impact the U.S. shale. I mean, companies aren't going to be able to merge, and they're going to be laying people off. So that's why some of this, you know, this OPEC news that we cover pretty often. I mean, we might say like we're beating a dead horse here, but man, it, it, you know, you can see it right now. Futures are down two and a half percentage points um, off their off uh, closing prices from uh, Friday. 
what this is it's not because husky and it's not it's not because contango just bought mcp maybe it is maybe that's what it is maybe investors just hate but our show on friday because we talked about libya yeah exactly so you know do i think you know because right now i said oil's trading at you know 3883 all the levels that we've been working with have been to the upside. I mean, I, th- I think thirty nine fifteen, as you can see, that's the that was actually the point. You know, we we have that level on the uh, on the charts. Actually, the point of control currently for the day. So, yeah, I mean, there's maybe a little bit of a bullish sentiment here. Um, you know, I think if you if, if you're long, I think a good place to get long. I think there's a couple places to get. You know, if you're bullish, I think there's a couple places to get long. I think you know thirty. I think thirty five forty two, thirty six eighteen. 3742 those are really large levels that if we see decreases and you're interested in in getting and turning around and getting long i like those levels if you're still short this market but you get 3872 good levels you know like i said 3915 is just about the point of control for today um which means you know it might be a little sticky but i mean we're, we're in the midst of a fall right now we're in the midst of a retracement down to 3272 or 3872 as we speak I don't know, Stu. I, you know, I, I always do this. I go bearish, and then this market flips around all week and goes completely bullish. So, structurally, this doesn't look good. Structurally, from Wednesday, if you just kind of go look at it, we have volumes just on the downs. Point of control show a bearish sentiment from Wednesday leading all the way into today. And that's, I mean, it's one of the easiest ways to do plot daily volume bait you know volume go to a price action chart do what's called session volume which basically gives you the volume the trading volume of each session at each level and just watch the point of controls fall and that's a great way to talk about bearish where's the volume volume is falling to lower price levels the maximum volume being traded i mean right now we're down at 39.15 wednesday it was 41 bucks went to 44 went to 40.64 on thursday friday uh, overnights, you know, uh, not even that. On Thursday, it was forty sixty two. On Friday, it went down to forty bucks even. Now we're at thirty nine fifteen. It doesn't look well. It doesn't look good. Now, again, it, all it takes is one news event, one you know, one good report on hey, you know, people are starting to get out and about from COVID nineteen. Some of the cases are going down in the hot spots around the world. We're starting to open back up. You know, this market turns around, we could see 45 bucks quickly. I mean, that's, you know, that's, again, that's the delicacy of, of giving away levels trades. But you have to, if you're going to trade this market, it has to be on a, on a hyperactive day trade level. You try to swing trade this, you're going to eat yourself in the shorts. Because you're going to have, you're sitting in, an, well, you're just, it's an, you can't really swing trade news-driven news items. You know, you can swing trade crude oil in the long term. And I'm talking like, let's, you know, like, like, like USO, get in on some United States oil fund. That, that's different. But if you're just going to start buying contracts, I'm going to hold them for two weeks. Oh, Stu, I've traded crude oil options. Not fun. Not fun. It is a headache and a half. Great leverage, headache and a half. Yeah, especially with Twitter. Well, yeah, and, and the ability for the President of the United States to, <laughs> hey, one tweet, bing! I've been on both sides of it. Not fun. On the natural gas side, finally, perma bulls. You'll love this. Um, 
a lot of, I mean, not some, I don't want to say there's strength in the natural gas markets, but I mean, when you look at, you know, over the past, you know, six days here, we, you know, point of controls show a bullish sentiment. We're above $3 now. Um, I saw a great, uh, <laughs> a great meme on Twitter of, uh, uh, someone saying natural gas is three bucks. I'll have to repost it to the oil and gas 360 Twitter. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. Um, you know, when I look at natural gas, I, I tend to look at it a couple ways. One, we, we in the intermediate term, you know, the obviously we see a hurricane coming in. Um, it's currently a tropical storm. Was it Zeta? I forget what it is. Beta? Something like that. Um, all, I mean, it, it's supposed to be a tropical storm. They don't think it's going to impact much. We, we have seen some rigs getting evacuated, but no production rigs. Right now, these are just drilling rigs. So no rigs that are at, or, or no, there's no, there's, there's been no shut-in operations as of, or excuse me, shut-in production as of, you know, this morning. And it could change today. That, I think, is obviously an intermediate term. I think when we look at the intermediate weather outlook, um, should be a little warmer as we move that 11, 15-day outlook. Um, American European data sets um, have really kind of trimmed some of that demand back. Um, you know, really depending on what you look at. Um, you know, depending on what service you subscribe to, it looks like specifically, you know, after this cold front moves off in the short term from the Midwest, it's going to warm up a little bit. So you need that back into the curve. And if you look at, um, um, the two month contract, they're up, they're up nice. That curve is starting to kind of curve itself out, out a little bit because we're starting to see the normal weather patterns coming in the short term. Bullish sentiment right now. We're saying it's cold right now. I mean, what I'm saying, I got, I don't, I'm got a hoodie. I don't have a hoodie. I got long sleeves, sweats. So the Midwest, through the year in Colorado, it's cold. It's like six degrees outside. So that's going to um, really push up natural gas prices, specifically in the short term. I, you know, the spreads that we're going to see um, on Henry Hub at the different lo- at the different clearing points is going to be very interesting in terms of our crack spread. So I'd be careful to watch that. I know trading houses were probably busy, busy, busy over the weekend, making sure they could line themselves up for uh, some good crack spreads over the day, um, over this week. Looks like even West Texas is going to get hit a little bit with some social media. But seriously, it's going to be, um, it's going to get cold in the short term, but that medium term is going to turn around a little bit. I mean, it still is only early, you know, late October, turn November. So, you know, we're still seeing some um, go through, you know, you know, Hedge funds have also turned bullish um, on natural gas, which is interesting. Um, hedge funds notoriously are, are, are short natural gas because that's just where the market has been. As we know, hedge funds are generally long crude oil just because it's easier. Um, hedge funds are now are generally short natural gas because they're a great, um, it's kind of a great counterbalance trade. But they're beginning to unwind those books a little bit, and we've actually seen in the commitment of traders recently that number occasionally slip positive more bullish. So, you know, they, there is ups, you know, everyone is seeing the upside. I was kind of, you know, I'm kind of the only one tamping the brakes a little bit, but even I'm, I'm, I'm starting to come around a little bit. I mean, I mean it's, uh, there's only so much data I can ingest before changing my mind, Stu. I'd make a terrible politician because they'd ask me, why, why'd you change your mind? I don't know. I just, I learned, I observed and learned and changed. Um, or there's a lot of voters. Number one trending thing on Google is how do I change my vote? You know, yeah, you saw that. You told me that this morning. That's funny. <coughs> so, some things are just funny. So I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna go. I'll put my stake in the claims too. I'm gonna go bullish on on oil. I just think I don't think I think 
I, I don't think I see I don't think I see us crashing 37 38 bucks or like 37 36 bucks I think what this is going to do is we're going to turn around we're going to we're going to I think what happens is we're going to see some stimulus this week it's my guess whether it's it's something it's, something's got to happen um on that stimulus note I I, I think we're going to see I, I I would be bullish I would be trying to get in not long but I, I my guess is you know Friday when we record this show is oil going to be above or below 38 39 bucks I think it's going to be above now is it how how much how little who knows on the natural gas side again it just it, it I I think we're going to break through this top as we mentioned our, our high right now is 305 we have that we hit that um, on Thursday and we have it we saw a retracement back to a really key level at three at like 302 and now we're working our way back up remember these guys trade in you know Natural gas trades three dollars, two cents, and three tenths, and each tick is a tenth before you actually get a penny move. So a two penny move is twenty ticks. Twenty ticks—that's some moolah right there. So that just gives you an idea of how this, you know, okay, oh, only four cents away. That's six. That's like forty-five. That's like forty ticks there, buddy. So remember, uh, it takes a little bit to get to, and yeah, uh, you know, it is volatile, but um, you know, so when we get up to that three hundred five level. You know, up there it's uncharted territory. Um, you know, we haven't seen we haven't seen above three hundred in a hot minute. So again, much like when you're trading all time highs, there's you know there's you know it's a little different when we hit you know as we talk about there are you know when the S and P hits you know the ES contract which is the S and P five hundred contract when that hits all time highs generally you see a ten percent run. And then a retracement. It's generally when you go back and study all all time high hits, and that's, I mean, that's how the algos trade. So you might as well just, who cares if it's right or wrong? It's just what they're doing. So, um, I don't know that analysis does not hold true for for something like crude oil, natural gas, because it's they're just completely different markets. Um, so again, when I say you know when we hit all time highs, don't oh well, we're just going to see a ten percent increase and we'll play the retracement. No, no, no. This is not the stock market. This is the commodities market. So I like to point that out. Um, but on natural gas, I, I'm going to go bullish. I, I, I'm I'm slightly I, I'm on the upside on, on on natural gas a lot more than I am on crude oil. I'm reluctantly bullish on crude oil only because I just I do think forty dollars is probably where this market's just going to hang out for, hang out for a while. Um, and I think this Libyan news. I mean, I think this Libyan news, while depressing. I think we'll 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 kind of fade into the distance here as, as hopefully a stimulus deal comes in, and then obviously I think once we get past past the election, we're going to have a lot more clarity in the markets, and people are going to know. I mean, I saw a very interesting graph. You know, I I don't there. This is correlation does not mean causation. It's the first thing we learn when we do when you, you study economics. It's just because two things are true doesn't mean they're because of each other. But if you if you overlay oil prices. And you don't even have to do who the president is. Just do the party of who's occupying the presidency. Democrats have been very well for oil prices. Democrats have done very... And, and production growth has done very well under Democratic... There's a case to be made. There's a case to be made that maybe what the oil industry needs is a tightening, is a squeeze of the bell, and needs oil prices to... You know, we, we need regulations to bring oil prices up higher. I don't know. <laughs> There's a case to be made. It was interesting. I was, I was getting deep into it, Stu. I don't want to rattle your brain a little bit. That is interesting. You're going bullish. Well, think about who was president from 2008 to 2016 when we saw the biggest expansion of oil and gas. Who was in charge? 
I got nothing on that. I, it's just interesting. I don't mean it means anything. It's just interesting. Well, when you think about it. There were so many other things in play. Exactly. That's, so that's the counterpoint is it's just one data point of a bunch of C of 7,000. But it's just interesting. Right. It's just interesting. Um, I'm going bearish on oil this week. And okay, so you think so we so we're gonna write this so thirty eight so we'll say thirty nine bucks even because it's thirty eight ninety one thirty nine right. you you're gonna say by the time we record this on Friday we do our daily show on Friday you think oil is gonna be below thirty eight thirty nine bucks oh I think it is uh, <gasps> I, I really think we're gonna go lower than that okay. uh, and the reason why is some of the international stories that I've got coming up we have the election. And there's a bunch of different arguments on the election, what's going on. Uh, I wish every politician would be voted out of office and we'd start fresh, personal opinion. But um, when, when you take a look at all of the affecting things going on in the international space, holy smokes, it's going to be brutal. So, yeah, it will be brutal. Um, but I'm not... I'm not being uh, bullish. Uh, I'm just the old pessimist. No, you're just selling. And and, and so if, if you trade, if, if, if you day trade, if you're a retail trader out there, you have to sit down before you start every trading day and say, what's my sentiment? What What's just my sentiment for the day? Because you have to attack every trade from, well, I have the bias that I just think today's the day where we sell. So you, you, right. you, you scope up every trade from the scope of Stu's going to do this week. I'm selling. Doesn't mean you sell every position. You can go long at some points, but it just means you have a you have to have a bias one way or the other. Yep. So and you have to develop that bias. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I I I I think we're gonna be above thirty nine bucks. But I I just think we're gonna get a news driven event. That's I think I think we're gonna see stimulus happen this week. I, I think I think Trump will realize that if he can pass a stimulus. It won't hurt him in the election, and it may help him make him a couple more votes. I think really that's what it comes down. I don't want to be conspiracy theorists, but I really think, I really think, Trump is waiting to do a deal as close to the election as possible, so that it can be a news event for him and rally the last undecided vote. Well, Trump gave me another twelve hundred dollar check. Might as well vote for him. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I think you know, I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think we're going to see a stimulus. I think it's going to happen Thursday, Friday. We might even see, not even, maybe not Monday, because I think Monday, and we vote Tuesday, right? Tuesday's technically the election, right? Uh, Tuesday's voted. the 4th, right? We vote on the 4th or the 6th. No, no, no. I've already I, voted. Well, I know, but when is technically the election? I voted too. Should I voted, be. yay. Is it is it the 3rd? Yeah. Because it's a Tuesday, right? It's a Tuesday. It, it's so, I mean... I bet you Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. I'm not. I'm not. I bet you. I'm guessing Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. There's going to be some stimulus talks, and not talks. I'm talking deals, because I think Trump is going to use it as a hey. I got the stimulus done. Democrats didn't want it. I pushed it through for you guys. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. At this point, it's all politics. And Stu said, "Vote them all out." <laughs> the worst thing, the best thing that can happen in this government is gridlock. I want multiple, I want every different branch of government to be a different party that controls it. So nothing happens. It's quite possibly the best thing that could happen at this point is just massive gridlock. 
All right, well, enough politics chat. Um, we have a boatload of stuff on the news desk. We'll start with, we'll kind of go smallest to biggest. One, Contango Oil and Gas um, buys Midcon Energy Partners. Yuck. Um, and I only, I only say that because it just cracks me up. So, Contango Oil and Gas, if you go to their website, they do a bunch of different things. Obviously, they produce natural gas and ticker symbol MCF. We love that. But they also, if you just go to their website, it's just hilarious. Have you actually been to their website? I don't know who runs this. But look what they say they do. So you go to About Them. So they have their operations. Our strategy. Okay? They have a fee for service. They're also consultants. They have a legit, they, they also consulting. They also are like basically, not only do they operate wells, but they go in, and I like this, but they go in and they'll do like fractional CEO stuff. It's called fee for service. So, it's interesting. I wouldn't have thought these guys would be acquirers, but it makes sense. Their CEO, former real estate guy, finally puts an end and buys the last standing master limited partnership that was left in the oil and gas space, which has been an absolute scam to investors. Anyone remember Lynn Energy? That was a master limited partnership. Oops. Oops, that didn't go good. Master limited partnerships are good for one thing, the master limited partners. If you are a shareholder, you hate it. And this final ENP MLP dies. Well, it doesn't die, it gets acquired. So I think the shareholders actually make out okay on this one. Generally, the shareholders, these these EMP MLPs go, go under. Or they get sold for pennies on the dollar. This actually, while it's no premium, you're at least getting something. And at least these, at least, at least the shareholders are getting something. Now, do I think Contango Oil and Gas is going to be around for a hot minute? No. But we'll see. That's really all I've got on that. I, you know, I... I think, you know, it's just, yeah, that's I, that's all we'll say. Stu, you've got stuff in the International News Desk. It is, it was a long weekend for the News Desk. Um, there just kept stuff coming and coming. All right. Uh, our first one uh, coming out, last week we talked about Libya. You hinted at it uh, at the first. Uh, they have the crescent of oil uh, which is on the eastern side of it. And you take a look at the new uh, for our uh, YouTube. Here's the article right here. Uh, they have the force, uh, force majeure on El Feel. <laughs> uh, you called it El Hefe. El Hefe. El Hefe. So it's El Feel. My bad. In, in, his, in Spanish is the boss. Uh, so it, maybe this is the boss field, we'll call it. Uh, and it's, uh, we posted that it was coming online on the 24th, uh, today's the 26th and it actually made it to the 25th. Okay. So, um, now the force majeure is actually going to be produced to be 800,000 barrels per day and it will be spun up in one week. Um, and it will be 1 billion what, excuse me, 1 million within four weeks. Now, that will actually put Libya's output well over 1.3 million barrels Ooh. because of their other field that came online. 
So using crayon math, it will be 1.3 to 1.5. That uh, poor old OPEC and OPEC Plus, they cannot keep these guys in line. Uh, I would like to invest in the newspaper uh, business because that's a big newspaper for smacking Libya in the nose to try to keep them in line. Um, yeah, OPEC's had a terrible, and, and again, it's part of what the the long-term bearish sentiment is. You know, if, if we never see demand recover, if it really is, you know, we're always going to have this three, four, five million barrel gap between demand and supply. We, I mean, six, you know, the, the, a million barrels is is 25% of that gap, which is woohoo. And we have about six. I'm going to work on the numbers uh, here. I have all the OPEC uh, numbers and, and work on that. You have about six countries that need cash bad. And so they're producing no matter what, no matter how much you smack them around. Okay, my next story is India. We love uh, the Indian uh, uh, management. They are trying to get the lowest cost kilowatt per hour. Um, They are looking at a $206 billion investment in oil and gas in the next eight to 10 years. They go nuclear, they go solar, they go power. And they are really looking at oil and gas. They put in six uh, LNG import uh, terminals in the last few years. And, uh, uh, Prime Minister uh, Prime Minister Modi has now got a conference looking for uh, the um, information. So this is on our news desk. We love India. We love their leadership. We love their balanced power approach. This one came across the news desk this morning. And um, British Navy forces storm an oil tanker in uh, English Channel after possible hijacking threat. Uh, They did a fast rope on this one. The operation took nine minutes. Those special forces guys. In In and out. Oh, man, in nine minutes, here we go. We are going to take this oil tanker. I can't run from the one end of the oil tanker to the other end without throwing up for nine minutes. I mean, that's Royal Royal Marines did a great job. Uh, Great news that the initial reports confirmed that the crew is safe. Stowaways uh, were from Nigeria, surprised, but... Uh, anyway, uh, glad that that everything turned out well. Our hats off to the uh, British uh, Royal Navy uh, Marines. Um, here we have the boilers starting up in Kuwait's CFP. Uh, there, there's the article there. Uh, each capacity is 380,000 pounds per oiler in the boilers to generate the steam to operate various units at the Mina Abdullah refinery. Uh, they can be increased, uh, increased up to 420,000 pounds. Um, this, they will be processing 800,000 barrels per day. Not a bad thing for them in downstream being able to process this. It's pretty incredible. All right. We like Kuwait, by the way. Uh, China. Eh, back to our buddies in China. We is your head spinning going around the world yet? I I'm just waiting for uh, cart service. I'd oh like yeah, cart, cart service. no ice. Leave the, leave leave the can. 
Hey, if any of our listeners are out there, I need one of them little toy planes buzzing along, you know, so that we do like. When can I sit? We've got enough points. I got to be able to sit first class the next flight. Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, this is an example of oil quota uh, per uh, overproduction by uh, OPEC. Uh, Chinese uh, uh, imports of HDPE, which is for plastics. Oh, they need plastics uh, to go around the world. But it is made by uh, Iran in coming around out of that and that's in 81,000 barrels, uh, 22,000. Anyway, this is all out of uh, Iran for China outside of sanctions. So even though it's a finished product, so to speak, for plastics, it still has tons of oil in it that they need. Okay, moving right along. We are now into France. Ooh. Uh, Iraq, ding, uh, who is another pain in OPEC's uh, nose, is okay. Who's the number one flaring uh, person in the world? Country, come on, TikTok. Uh, China, India, uh, Russia. Okay, ding. Okay, Iraq oh. is number two. Okay, okay. Look, look at that. Okay. That's a normal day at the field, you know. Hey, hey, honey, I'm going off to work in the oil field. Yeah, yeah. got smoke, uh, PE. Uh, okay. The good news about this article, Michael, is that Iraq is in talk with France's total to invest in uh, flaring gas carbon capture technology. This is actually a really good news. They're trying to recapture. Uh, 1.2 billion uh, CF uh, per day of gas that includes uh, the, uh, boy, my name, Texas, Nasiria Yav Field. So this will really reduce their burning and flaring, and I think it's a fantastic move. Um, that will also use in their energy uh, less oil, and this may impact in the long term uh, OPEC's ability to uh, control them a little bit. So that was a bit of good news this morning on the uh, news desk. Okay, Royal good to hear. And actually capturing flaring. Flaring, I mean, yeah, there is, flaring is, that deserves a whole episode at one point. We'll have to, we can talk all things flaring. There should be no reason why we have to flare any natural gas ever. I couldn't agree more. It is a waste of a beautiful product. It, it really is. Um, good. I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff going on in the international side. I mean, you want to, you know, it's it's whew, busy. Is that all you got? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you expecting um, those peace deals you're talking about? What are the outlook yeah. on that? Uh, we did have one coming through. Yep, we saw that. Uh, and on my source, there are still another two popped up, and I think you'll see one before the election. So the peace is going around the Middle East and is pretty important. Um, I don't know that all um, uh, political parties would be able to pull that off. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. Um 
Well, I think really the other thing, the last thing we need, I think, cover here is the the uh, you know Sonovus Husky merger that happened on the Canadian side. And, and full disclosure, I, I'm not a Canadian EMP analyst. I know not very little. I, I know enough. Of, I, I've heard of these companies. I know they exist. I know what they do. Um, but this is not my area of expertise. So I had to play some calls for all of this analysis. And oh, wait a minute. Is that like that game show when you have to call? I had to call a friend. <laughs> I had to phone a friend. Had to phone uh, him. I had to phone a friend who put me in contact with a friend. So that's where we oh. went with this. Um, high level, you know what I, you know, the chatter that that I'm getting is that this this is an okay deal. Sonovas definitely has better assets than Husky. So it's basically comes down to how much are you willing to degrade your upstream portfolio in order to obtain refining and midstream capacity for a you know in this low oil price environment. So I think that's the trade off. I, mean, I like that. I, I think the trade-off is, is is a decent one. You know, when you look at the pro forma, one point two billion in synergies with six hundred in the first six hundred million in the first six months, nine hundred million within the first year. That's as I've been told, GNA all the way. Apparently, Husky pays well. The other you know big piece in here is is who runs Husky. Um, some of the stuff that happens with Husky, as you guys know, Husky was involved to buy MC, uh, MEP Energy Partners um, in December 2018, walked away from that deal, which really ruined the credibility of them in terms of being a buyer. They basically took these guys all the way to the front line and then had to pull out. And there's a lot of things that were going on around that time, both you know from an Alberta you know curtailment of production standpoint. Remember, they were at that point, Alberta was thinking about controlling how much output there was. In hindsight, pretty terrible idea, but um, happens there. There's also some, some, as Stu would say, some international news stuff. Um, if, if you remember about the same time, uh, United States asked Canada to hold Meg Wazuhan, who's the CFO of Huawei. And the, the, the owner of the biggest, largest shareholder in the Husky is a guy named Lin Kashin, or we'll call him L-I-K or L-K-I. <laughs> Basically, he's just worth thirty billion. He's one of the most influential people in in China and Hong Kong. So, you know, a lot of stuff that was going on around that time that kind of that caused Husky to walk away and really ruined their reputation as someone who could purchase. So, I think you know, why does they sell out for two point eight billion dollars? Uh, they don't. They didn't really have a choice. And you know, LKI is is all for this deal. Um, and, you know, it, it, it really, you know, Husky, if they were going to sell, they're going to attempt to sell to what they consider a low-cost operator. Sonovas is that. The person who, who, who I talk to loves the assets that Sonovas has, thinks they're be- that none of the assets that Husky has really come close to that. Um, and I think this just deal just comes down to this, you know, Husky was a chip that needed to get moved away and needed to get swallowed up after this, you know, after this, and I think they would have gotten swooped up a lot quicker if I think prices had stayed the same. I mean, you would have probably gotten a better deal if you're a Husky shareholder. But then again, I think that again, there's some things going on with this deal that are more of a international political than I say straight up. Here's what the M&A market looks like now. Again, the whole deal comes back to what I've been told is how much you're willing to degrade upstream assets in order to obtain midstream and downstream refining capacity. It's a deal I probably make. I've been preaching that. I've been talking about that on the show for a little bit. Um, 
But again, I need to dive more into these assets. I again, I just apparently these assets are better. Who knows, Stu? You got any thoughts on this deal? Um, I really like the folks over at Husky. Then uh, so our hearts that go out to the employees as they take a look at. Yeah, they're done. I'm sorry, guys. I don't. I hope this isn't the first time you're hearing it, but it's it's not going to look good. No, and uh, good good people up there. We love our Canadian brethren. Uh, I think it's uh, a good move for Husky and getting, as you said, better uh, better fields. I mean, we know these are coming around the corner. Well, Sonovus is is going to be the opera. So it's really is is this is a good deal for? I think this is a decent deal for Husky if you're. You know, if you're LKI, one, this allows you to get some cash and it allows you to have an exit strategy. If you look at the the, the terms of the deal, he's going to be out of there within five years. It allows yep. him to cash out, move on, his conglomerate, take his cash. If you're Sonovis, you're, you do this deal because this allows you to cheaply get refining and midstream capacity that you might, that you think you might need to become now, because now you're the third largest operator in Canada. The question is, are they going to revert to growth for growth's sake? Well, now we have these pipes. we got to fill them. And that's, yeah, so there's, 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 the, there's that interesting side to the whole, the, this whole game. So we'll see. Only time will tell. Um, I, I am. Again, the source I talked to liked the deal. Um, he thought it was, you know, it was not decent. Um, we need to. They do have a lot of debt. There's about you know, net debts, like $12 billion. Woo. Um, we do need to look at the Canadian politics on this. I have not looked at that, and we know that uh, Canadian politics and oil and gas is different. So I'll take my homework and see about the politics on it. Yeah, they claim they're not going to be able to sell anything to, to, to meet their debt obligations. I'm skeptical, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to look through. I'm trying to look. I tried to take copious notes when I was talking to this guy because I was like, I gotta get this. Is this is gold stuff? We're trying to was loop him during, in on the show. Was it during one of your baseball games? Oh yeah, we were just texting all day. Oh, I, I literally, I I sat on my butt all day, all, all weekend. Friday night, we got off. We 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 cut the show Friday at like two. I ordered Chipotle, sat on my butt, watched the World Series game starting at six. Woke up on Saturday, watched college football all day. I call you, I call all of your friends, and you don't answer me when there's a baseball game on, but yet you'll get, uh, I call a friend of a friend off of a uh, merger? Man. Well, yeah, because they, they they wanted to have this merger call at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Only Canadian companies have a merger call 11 a.m. on a football Sunday. It should be criminal. But so I was like, I don't want to sit in on the deal. I need to just figure it out. And I, you know, again, friend of a friend hooked it up. But, but I text what? you, Stu. I just don't want to record podcasts during the game. But you know what? It was already on the 360 news desk before we started chatter, right? Oh, 100%. You're, uh, Stu, as always, you are on it. That's amazing. Pat we miss anything on the day's show? I think we covered it all. We got a busy, busy week coming up. 
we got a busy week, guys. Please check out our YouTube page. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Do whatever makes the algorithm so nuts. It's really not that hard to watch our YouTube show video, guys. It's it's not that much I'm asking of you guys. It's really not. It's it's. I'm just asking you to to, to log on to our show, view it 10,000 times. I'm talking to you to go to oilandgas360.com, refresh the page about 6,000 times per day. Um... Probably, you know, you know, you know, do whatever you can to make the algorithm. It's not that much, guys. I'm only asking for like four or five, six hours of your whole day. It's not that much. <laughs> it's not that much, guys. So um, just take that advice. Let's go ahead and cue the music and let you guys get out of here. Start your week. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Dan. Thank you for checking us out. 360 Digital Closing Week Look Ahead Podcast. We'll see you guys this afternoon for the Digital Ticker. See you guys.